What's up, Hoopers? I'm Nick Roloff of NBA Now, and on today's show, I am going to break down the top five players that can win MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and also look at the Rookie of the Year award race. We are about 25 games away from the season concluding, and it's time to see who can win those coveted awards. Before we jump into it, I want to make sure y'all follow me over on the Bird app. I cover the NBA on a daily basis over on Twitter. I got 711 current followers. I'd like to get that to 1,000 relatively soon. If you want to stay up to date on the NBA in between our videos on NBA Now, the best way to do so is follow me over on Twitter, at Nick underscore Roloff. And by the way, I'm going to follow back the first 10 people that followed me from today's video, so go over and take advantage of that. All right, let's start with the MVP ladder because, uh, well, that's the award everyone loves the most. And I think number five should be given, at least he should be in the talking, for it is Anthony Edwards. He has been phenomenal for the Minnesota Timberwolves this season. And when I say phenomenal, I mean he's leading the T-Wolves to, at least as we're currently filming, a tie for first place in the Western Conference with a 40-17 and record. They've been one of the best defensive teams in the entire NBA. And Anthony Edwards has spearheaded the offense. 26 points a night while shooting 47% from the field and 38% from beyond the arc. Ant has really taken that that next step. The former number one pick out of Georgia has really shown why he was the number one overall pick in that draft just a couple years ago. He has been phenomenal. He continues to grow his game, and I think he should absolutely be in the running for MVP. Number four on the MVP ladder is Jason Tatum, the forward for Boston, who is getting a lot of love nationally, currently, at least on social media, to potentially win this award. Uh, does he deserve to be in a conversation? I absolutely believe he does, but I don't think I'm ready to hand it to Tatum. His raw numbers are phenomenal. Let's not get it twisted. He's averaging just a little bit more than Anthony Edwards, but he's also hitting the glass at a pretty high rate with eight and a half boards per night. Boardman gets paid. He's also dishing it out five times a night. But the reason why I'm not going to put Jason Tatum in my top three to win MVP, even though the Celtics have the best record in the NBA by a clear-cut margin, is because that team is so loaded. And I know we're not completely supposed to penalize people for having a loaded roster around them in terms of MVP, but let's just call a spade a spade. The Boston Celtics would be a non-play-in playoff team if they didn't have Jason Tatum. To me, that does take into account for some things. And when you have such a good roster with Porzingis, Jalen Brown, Derek White, Drew Holiday, Al Orford off the bench, I do think that, at least in my eyes, takes a little bit away from Tatum's MVP campaign. Because if you take him off that roster, maybe they don't compete for a title, but they're still a top six team in the Eastern Conference. Number three on this list, and if you take most valuable player literally, he might be the number one guy. Luka Doncic has had one hell of a season for the Dallas Mavericks so far. He is putting up otherworldly numbers, and as I mentioned, if you take MVP literally, you take Luka off the Mavs, the team might get the worst out of any star-studded player in the entire NBA. He does it all for Dallas. 34 points a night, 9.5 assists, 8.8 rebounds. It's like, how crazy is it that he could have a 33-point game, 
Seven assists and seven rebounds. A 33-7-7 game would be phenomenal for players. Yeah, Luka Doncic's averages for the season would all go down. He's also been efficient shooting 49% from the field and 38% from beyond the arc. There's not enough superlatives to describe Luka Doncic's games right now. The only reason why I don't have him higher on this list to possibly win MVP of the 2024 season is because while the Dallas Mavericks are eighth in the West right now, I know Russell Westbrook and Luka, or excuse me, Jokic just won MVP as six seeds, but I think in this stacked NBA season, I think he might have to be a little bit higher than the eighth spot. Still two more names to talk about in terms of MVP before moving on to Defensive Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year. But I want to know, who is your MVP this season? Could it be one of the three guys I mentioned, or is it a name that has yet to be talked about on today's video? Let me know who your MVP is down in the comment section. Number two for me is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder, for the same reason that... I believe Anthony Edwards should be in the conversation is the same reason why I think SGA should be, but I have him a lot higher. Why do I have him higher? Well, it's because to me, he does it all and is better on the defensive side of the floor than Anthony Edwards. He's also one of the most efficient basketball players in the entire NBA, and he's a guard. You don't see guards shoot 54.8% from the field too often. And the knock on SGA, at least early in his career, is his inability to space the floor and knock down threes consistently. It still has to be seen in the postseason to see if he can be a number one on a championship contending team. But shooting 38 from beyond the arc in the regular season will absolutely play. SGA has been on a different level, leading that young Thunder team, which a lot of people believed, myself included, would be in the postseason running this year. But even I didn't even expect it in the possibility of the realm even to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. No surprise, at least in my opinion, number one on our MVP ladder right now at least is Nikola Jokic, the two-time MVP winner. I thought should have won it last year. Voter fatigue might have played a factor into Joel Embiid getting that crown, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jokic ends up being a third-time winner in the last four seasons. Why? Well, because the Nuggets are still humming with a 39-19 and record, only one and a half games back of both Minnesota and Oklahoma City but his raw statistics are just something that you wouldn't even believe in a video game, if we're going to be honest. Very similar to Luka, where he's putting up 26 a night, but also grabbing 12 boards and dishing out 9 assists. Jokic can do it all while shooting 58% from the field, the most efficient player in all of basketball in terms of volume, shot selection, usage rate. Nikola Jokic is unbelievable, and it would not shock me if he wins his third MVP in his career. And I'll tell you what, three MVPs, an NBA title, and a finals MVP, boy, he's already going to be in that top 20 all-time conversation. Make sure you do subscribe to the channel here at Chat Sports because we cover you on any sport, whether it be the NFL, college football, NBA, with multiple videos on a daily basis, but specifically when it comes to the NBA. During postseason time, as we get closer and closer, we will have you covered with watch parties, yes, for the NBA postseason. So hit that sub button and don't miss a thing when it's playoff time in April for the NBA. 
before we jump to the defensive player of the year ladder, I got to show some love to Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app in North America. And they're offering you a first deposit match up to $100 when you go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS. You want to also play alongside Prize Picks' favorite players like Meek Mill and Sugar Sean O'Malley? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in Prize Picks community each week. Conference tournaments and college hoops is also inching closer and closer just two weeks away from today. Be a part of the action on Prize Picks for both men's and women's college basketball. I made some picks for the MLB playoffs and MLB playoffs, the MLB season. I have Pete Alonzo more than 42 and a half homers. I also took the less than on Mookie Betts, 32 and a half homers. That's the best part about prize picks. You can go to the MLB, you can go to NHL, college basketball, NBA. You can do it all over at Prize Picks. So download the app today and use code CLNS to get a first deposit match up to $100 at link will also be in the chat and the description of today's video. So it is accessible everywhere you look. So don't you worry if you're struggling to find it somewhere. All right, let's move to the depoy ladder. And I'll just rattle off the first three as a grouping here. Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Bam Adebayo. Three of these guys are maybe the best defenders in the NBA. It's depending on what you're looking I think Anthony Davis is one of the best rim protectors slash shot disruptors in the entire NBA. But when you look at what Giannis and Bam Adebayo could bring to the table defensively, well, they can move their feet. They can really switch onto any player. Now, I know that term gets thrown around a little too often, if we're going to be honest. But I truly believe after watching the Greek Freak and Bam... They can guard one through five at an at least above average level on all positions. And you can just see the raw statistics backing this up. Bam Adebayo and the Miami Heat have had the number one defensive rating and held opponents to the least amount of points per game in the month of February. Why? Well, it's because Bam really spearheads that defense and just brings the versatility of being able to switch any position, whether it be a pick and roll or an off-ball screen. I think Bam should be talked about in the depoy conversation more than he should. That's just me. Number two on the list, though, is Victor Wembenyama. How crazy is it that the rookie from France is already in depoy conversations? He's averaging 3.3 blocks per contest. And even though the Spurs haven't been the best team in the NBA, you can just watch that San Antonio squad play on a nightly basis and see the impact Victor Wembenyama has on the defensive end. A lot of players who like to get to the rim sometimes get deterred by seeing Wemby inside that 7-4 height with that lengthy wingspan just deters people from entering the painted area when Binyama should absolutely be on this list. Number one is Rudy Gobert, and if you're looking at the betting odds to who is going to be Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert is the runaway favorite, if you can believe that. On Bovada, the betting platform, he is actually minus 800 as of a couple days ago. Shot, not shocking, but minus 800 is a little aggressive in my opinion, but he has been anchoring elite defenses for a long time now and how Minnesota is one of the best, if not the best defensive team in the NBA. Doesn't surprise me that Gobert is getting that deep boy love. 
Well, I'll ask you this. Will Rudy Gobert win Defensive Player of the Year again? I believe it would be his third. I know he has two. I don't know if he has a third already, but is he going to win another Depoy this season? Type Y for yes, type N for no. All right, let's go to the Rookie of the Year ladder, and we're going to cut this down to two names because if we're going to be realistic, that's all it's between. Victor Wembenyama, the Air, 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 Air from Wenchen. You know what? I'm struggling right now. The after mention, whatever. Let's move on. Wembenyama has been absolutely terrific this season in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. But Chet Holmgren has helped anchor an elite OKC team, which is number one in the Western Conference. You stack their stats up next to each other here. Wemby's averaging 20 points per night, 10 boards. 3.3 blocks while shooting 46.7% from the field. He takes a lot of threes for a man of his size. It's part of his game, but he is yet to find an efficient stroke from beyond the arc. On the flip side, though, Chet Holmgren has been the second-slash-third option for OKC as they're a top team in the West, averaging 18 points a night, 8 rebounds. He's averaging 2.5 blocks himself, but... Outside of Wembenyama's raw statistics, Chet is actually uber efficient, shooting 54 and change from the field in 40% from three. It's not normal to have someone of Chet Holmgren's size and stature to be able to block shots like he can, step out on the offensive side and knock down threes at a 40% clip. Chet Holmgren has been unbelievable. And when you have the debate between which one of these guys should win Rookie of the Year, it's to me, are you going to let narratives play a factor? Because if we're going to be honest, Chet Holmgren has been more of an impact to his team than Victor Wembenyama has. Sure, is Wemby's raw stats better? Yes, he's averaging more points, more blocks, more rebounds, but he's also shooting way less percent in terms of efficiency from the field and three-point range, and the Spurs are going to be picking top five in the NBA draft once again. On the other hand, Chet Holmgren, uber-efficient, second or third guy on the Thunder, and they're going to be in the top three of the Western Conference come playoff times. It's really pick your poison. It's a tough vote. I think Wemby wins because of uh, the narrative ball that will be playing, and they'll want to give it to him as he's a generational guy. I'm not saying he's not, but that's what the term has been phrased. But I think Chet Holmgren is very deserving of that award as well. I'll do it for today's video. Like I said off the top, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore Roloff because I'm going to cover the NBA on a daily basis on Twitter. So if you're lacking NBA coverage in between our videos on NBA now here at Chat Sports, follow me over at Twitter.